Hello and welcome to the Sven Michel Reaction Podcast on the Edse Paderborn Norseben English Podcast. After Edse Paderborn overcome a very resilient Ingolstadt 04 team that is coached by ex Paderborn himself, Andre Schubert, by a score of 2 to 1. Finally, yes, finally, we win at the Bentele Arena after a four-game winless run, which, granted, was against four very difficult teams, but also with a lot of um, unlucky defeats in there as well. And finally, we get three points, which you know isn't the most unexpected thing in the world because we were expected to win this match, and I would have been very disappointed if we ended up with zero points or even one point from this game. But, you know, I can't really talk about that now because we did end up winning the match. And, yeah, Sven Michel and Felix Platter with the two goals for Paderborn in the second half. Um, in quick succession, like last week against Karlsruhe. Um, and, yeah, very good. Very good win. I mean, it wasn't the best win in the world. We didn't dominate them for the whole t- uh, the whole game. But it was a win that you'll look back on and say, yeah, we were pretty solid there in that win. And we, um, you know, had to dig in defensively at the end. Um, and we did just that. So Lucas Kwasniok made two changes to the team that uh, won away in Karlsruhe last week. Marcel Melem was a forced change. He got injured in that match. So he was out. And also Kelvin Afori, who made his debut last week was out as well. Robin Yelsin and Kai Perger came in for those two. So the team was Huth in goal, uh, Yalkin, Hunemeyer, Van der Werf, Collins, Schallenberg, Schuster, Jusvan, Perger, Platter and Michel. And yeah, the two strikers getting the goals for us today. And um, I mean, the pre-match, if you have listened to the preview show on, on the Etzapadabon Nozeman English podcast. You can find the preview show on wherever you're listening to this podcast. And I said that, you know, it was just one of them where we just had to get the win, especially with the four-game winless run and especially with uh, how close the table is. And, you know, you look at where Ingolstadt are in the league and you say to yourself, yeah, you know, that was um, a good win because you know, every other team in the promotion fight expects to win them sort of games. Um, you know, even though Ingolstadt were actually better than I thought, you know, they weren't good. That, that That's for sure. They weren't a team that you would face every week and say, right, they're quite dangerous um, in attack. They can find some good passing um, combinations. And they can really tear you apart. They can beat the press quite easily. And I didn't think they could do any of that today it was a lot of um long balls up big striker head it down get the knockdown and then try and dribble um and 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 find the, the next out ball the next after that you know it wasn't the most tactical sort of like prestige football ever it was just uh, some football that you'd expect from a team that's fighting relegation and you know, especially against a Paderborn team that hasn't doesn't have much size in defence, really, compared to the the strikers that Ingolstadt had. You know, it's not a stupid tactic at all to play against um, us like that. But as as many teams have seen this season, you know, that's not really the way to to beat us. The way to beat us is to beat us in that midfield area, get out wide because we always really um, 
push our players out uh, who are out wide, the wing backs really far forward. So you're always going to get space in between those sort of lines of the, the defence. Um, so that's where Ingolstadt really should have tried to hurt us. But they did have a couple of chances from that area, but it wasn't, you know, like targeting um, us in that area every single time. But yeah, I mean, the, the first five, ten minutes was really not um, a, a vintage Esapada Born. You know, it wasn't a really pressing start from us. We didn't really you know, go out there and show that we were the better team in the first five, ten minutes. And I think that's totally fair when you look at our last few games at home and how we've been quite poor in the first ten minutes at home uh, in the last few games. Obviously, against Hamburg, we conceded. And Regensburg, we conceded straight away, pretty much. So I can see why Lukas Kwasniok was a bit cautious in the first little part of the match. Um, and I put, uh, it looks like a friendly match. We weren't really pressing. It looked like we were trying to figure out where they were, where, you know, where the, where the space is. And I think that's totally fine, you know. I'd rather that be the start than be 1-0 down after two minutes and then chase the game from there. You know, I would definitely take a slower start over the a slower start but controlling the game almost rather than conceding early on and then you have to do both jobs you have to find them out but they're also going to be less attacking uh, in some ways but also you've got to impose impose your game on them as well but it did start to turn we did t- uh, start to turn the screw um we had a couple of free kicks and corners that um kind of got the crowd going um the free kick early on was taken by Yusfan. um maybe should have been Kai Peruga it was left but it was a weird attempt really um to say the least and you know it was some it was some bad decision making I'd say in the first um 10 minutes that cost us when we had the ball um and maybe some bad shooting as well I mean in, on the eighth minute we did a nice corner routine where we found Sven Michel kind of like coming on the back, coming off the back of a, um, of a like a, someone, some, some, some of our one of our defenders, kind of like blocked a player and that left Sven free to run and the ball came to him, like kind of on the uh, the swivel and couldn't really get the angle or the um, the right sort of technique on the ball, and it went out for a goal kick. So there's sort of stuff like that. A lot of training ground techniques coming in in the first ten minutes, trying to, um, I don't know, get get a bit of an advantage in that sort of area because um, you can do all your tactics all you want if you're the opposing team, but if the um, team has a, a a technique or something that they've been learning this week on the training ground, you know, you've never seen that before, and I've never seen that before this season. So, yeah, it definitely probably caught them out. Um, and it was weird because we went short on every single corner for like the first 10, 15 minutes. We had um, a couple of corners. I can't actually check how many corners we had in the game uh, on on the full. We had nine corners in the whole match. And definitely at the start, we were going short in every single corner. Um, something we definitely emphasised on. I'm not actually too sure if Ingolstadt are really poor at defending corners. They probably are then. And that means we were trying to get the best possible um chance created from the corner so um i thought that was an interesting point because we never really went short in recent games maybe it was because we thought ingolstadt had a lot of taller players and we didn't want to just waste the corner um, but paderborn have never really been a short corner team uh, that much 
so it was interesting to see um, us playing short corners and having a little bit of a sort of a, a corner routine sort of thing going on in the first half. There was a couple of chances for Kai Proger as well in the first half. He had one on 13 minutes where Sven Mischer was absolutely excellent on this on the left side. Every single time he got the ball in that area, when he wasn't really in the shooting position that you would, you know, want him to be in, for example, like it kind of in the crossing area, if you would. He always got the cross in and he's always he's always putting it on the floor. Never he well, very rarely. Um, floats across up in the air, but he did put the ball on the floor and found Kai Perugge, who maybe took one or two extra touches than he should have, and his shot was blocked. And then, kind of the first real chance for Ingolstadt came, and there, that I mean, their only chances came from long balls that were kind of like breaking the offside trap. And um, Beister got in through, and Yannick Hoot made a decent save from what I remember. It was a a smart save wasn't one that he had to really dive and put everything at it, but he kept his body big and made a very smart save. Kuiper had another chance as well, had another two chances um, in the first half. It was Paderborn kind of knocking on the door a bit, and I wrote and I tweeted at Paderborn EN, and I said, Paderborn is now starting to put the pressure on. We've got through that first segment of the game where we were struggling earlier uh, in in, in the other games of the season. We've got through that first segment of the game, you know, and now we're trying to push on for that first goal. And nearly came, it nearly came as um, Proger's attempt was blocked again by Kotzka. Um, very good defender, actually, by the way. He's a pretty, very good defender, actually. He just throws his body at everything. But the ball did actually get towards the keeper, and um, the keeper saved it very well. Um, Buntic, who we'll talk about later on in um, the match review podcast. And then we started to turn the screw on a little bit again. A couple of minutes later, uh, Kai, Kai Perug had a cross and it missed three of our players. And if one of them, one of the three, got a touch on it, it probably would have been a shot on target at least. Um, Schallenberg was coming in as a third man runner, missed it. Platter missed it. Michel missed it. And it went out for a goal kick. Beister had another chance for Ingolstadt. Kind of got into that area again where he was kind of one-on-one, but not really. The defence was kind of um, tracking back. And Beister um, really badly miskicked the ball. Um, but again, I wrote down long ball run. You know, they're, they're, they were pinging it from long ball every time. And... You know, because Paderborn were playing such a high line, it was difficult to to stop every single run from Ingolstadt because they were playing a two two striker setup, right? So that you've always got the runs coming off from two players, which is not easy. And I think we were quite lucky that the finishing from Beister wasn't great in this match. He had really a couple of chances um, in the first half, and yeah, he was very good on that looking for the runs, finding the runs, getting the ball on the run, good passes as well from the midfielders, just his finishing that was lacking in the first half. Then it was kind of a period of looking like a friendly match again. We weren't really imposing ourselves on the game. Um, But that did sort of stop towards the end of the first half where we were 
having a good few attempts and good crosses, but nothing was really coming off. I think Ingolstadt were defending very well, and to be fair to them, in the first half. And then um, the final chance of the half was Ron Schallenberg, who had a long shot from about 25 yards out. And yeah, it was it was over, but it wasn't too far. But I mean, I wasn't complaining with that because nothing was working in the first half for us at all. And, you know, having a pot shot from from that range wasn't, you know, a bad attempt, really. It wasn't a bad attempt because nothing else was working for us. So, um, yeah, we went into halftime nil-nil. I would say it's probably one of the worst halves of football from us this season, even though we were the better team. You know, you'd expect... You'd, you'd have expected us to be um, hurting Ingolstadt more than we did. If I just read out the, the stats at half-time, nine shots for us, seven to them, two shots on target each. Um, the possession stats, Padawan were absolutely dominating the ball, as you'd expect. 69% to um, Ingolstadt, 31%. And the pass accuracy is quite alarming for Ingolstadt. 83% Paderborn, 57% Ingolstadt. So Paderborn were really good. In the first half, for the majority of the first half, for stopping that long ball, that ball that they're kind of relying on every time because they're not going to throw men, enough men forward to get you know overlaps on the the wing backs or you know underlapping from the midfielders. So you know their real game plan is just to get the ball long and hope that either there's a mistake or there's just very very poor paddleborn communication where the ball completely gets missed and like. Beister had in the first half a couple of chances where he's suddenly one-on-one with Yannick Hoot. Um, but on the whole, we were pretty good on that heart and on that sort of segment of the game because you know, 57% accuracy from a team um, in the Svita Liga is, yeah, isn't good. Um, I'm just having a look on the passes. They did improve in the second half to 64%. Um, but even then, their their long pass, um, their long balls passes were only at forty percent, compared to us at um fifty eight percent. So it still wasn't that good from them, and the whole game plan was kind of stopped by us um, in the first half. But you know, we were doing the defensive side well, but we didn't end up doing the attacking side well in the first half. There was a couple of chances, as I've said, but we weren't really hurting them in um that area. So we're going to take a little quick break and after that break we will look at the second half where Paderborn woke up and ended up winning. How did they do it? See in the second half. You're listening to the Match Review Podcast on the Etsy Paderborn Norseban English Podcast. Klasse getan, Spichel! Und da ist das Tor für den SC That was the sound of the Sven Michel goal, which gave Paderborn the lead against Ingolstadt 04. Welcome to the second part of the Edson Paderborn 07 English Reaction Podcast as Paderborn overcame a very, very alright Ingolstadt team, a better than expected. Ingolstadt team and by a score of 2-1 with Sven Michel and Felix Platter getting the goals respectively. 
And in the second half, I think Kwasniok wasn't happy with the attacking output um, that was displayed in the first half. And he decided to put on some size, some extra height and size in the attack. And that came through the man of Denish Sabeni, who hasn't got a league goal yet this season. But I don't think that was his role today, to be honest. As funny as it sounds, I don't think Sabeni's role was to get a goal. I think it was to provide an extra little bit of height in the attack. Um, he came on for Jumilu Collins, which meant Marco Schuster ended up at left back. And um, yeah, I mean, within 10 seconds, it was all falling apart, seemingly, for Edse Palabon, as Jasper van der Werf put a leg in, kind of won the ball, kind of didn't, and it was a penalty to Ingolstadt. I was fuming, by the way, at this point. You know, I was keeping my anger in my head and not on the Twitter page, um, but I wasn't happy. I really wasn't happy because I thought, yeah, the, the, there's the unhappiness at it's 10 seconds into the second half and we've had an awful first half. What are we What are we doing? What are we thinking in that, in that situation? But the second part of me saw the replay and was just, I thought it was a hard, hard done by and it was a very cheap penalty to give from the referee. Um, the referee, Dankert, who I've never actually heard of before until now. Um, but yeah, I was really disappointed um, with the start and the the penalty. Um, you know, it wasn't a penalty, in my opinion. I'll die on that hill. Um, but there is a little bias, of course, with me, and I'll say it's not a penalty every time of the week. No, I wouldn't. I would. I would say it, it's not a penalty if it if it isn't a penalty, and I would say it is a penalty if it is a penalty. But that wasn't a penalty, in my opinion. Anyway, Yannick Hoop came to the rescue, saved down to his left, and Padawan were fine. Thank God. Um, and the I thought we were gonna, you know, kick on from there, and we kind of did. It didn't. It took. Um, 12 minutes for the first goal to come, and it was really kind of lucky. I mean, what other striker in the league will do this? Sven Michel picks the ball up after Ron Schallenberg's cross was headed out. Sven Michel gets the ball on the edge of the box, goes left and right, dribbles past one. I was thinking, come on, dribbles past two, and I couldn't believe it. When he was lining up to shoot, I just knew it was going in. Sven Michel shot on from his left foot, it kind of like curled towards the right side but it was going to the left of the goal and it was inch perfect and yeah I kind of couldn't believe it but I kind of could believe it because I knew Sven I knew Sven could do something like that and if anyone was going to change the game around it would have been Sven Michel and it was and I kind of jokingly tweeted out that it was the the finish was so on on inch perfect that you know it, it looked like he was trying to hit some of the targets on the FIFA before the game thing where you have to shoot the ball at the goal and you have to hit the targets for points. And it kind of looked like that from Sven. So I was joking around with that. Um, but goodness me, was it a brilliant, brilliant goal. You can find it on my Twitter. It's a Paderborn EN. You heard the commentary um, in the break. But God, it was a good goal. It was a very good goal from Sven Michel. And, you know, everything was perfect about it. You know, he picked the ball up outside of the box, dribbled past one or two, one, two, or even three English stat players technically, took a few touches, lined it up, passed the goalkeeper, one nil Paderborn. 
and yeah I mean it was a very good goal it was a very good goal and it um, got a very cool reaction on Twitter I got a lot of interactions because of it and only Sven could do that only Sven Michel could do that and the goals didn't stop there for Paderborn it felt like it was Karlsruhe all over again as this time it was 2-0 within eight more minutes 64 minutes on the clock it was 2-0 Paderborn um, we were really controlling the game after that goal. Ingolstadt were kind of, um, kind of playing defensively, even more defensively than they were because they know like we're kind of a streaky team, we're kind of a rhythm team, and once that first goal comes in, we'll, um, we'll definitely go for the next very quick in very quick succession, and that's how it worked in this. Um, Marco Schuster, who didn't really play well in the first half, nothing was really working for him. He um, was given the ball by Sven Michel, again, causing so many problems on the left side. Schuster's cross was inch perfect, and um, Felix Platter kind of poked it home, got goal side of his defender, poked it home, and the keeper had a chance. And Paderborn were then 2 0 up, and I tweeted, you know, kind of. Typical me, that should do it. But of course, that didn't quite do it as uh, we do it again. 70th minute curse. We conceded two goals in seventieth and the 70th minute last week against Caldera. We conceded one to Kaya this time. It was a brilliant finish from the English stat number nine. Um, absolutely sublime finish from outside the box. Uh, Yannick Coop didn't get anywhere near that, anywhere near it. Um, but yeah, that what that was sort of the quality that it, it would have taken for for Ingolstadt to get the goal, and it did. Um, they were really not um, causing much problems in the box, even with the amount of long balls that they were putting into the box. And it needed to take something like what Kaya did for Ingolstadt to be back in the game, and they definitely were. Um, brilliant outside of the box finish, brilliant strike. You couldn't really complain that Ingolstadt were back in the game because you know they kind of were pushing on a little bit after we scored the second goal, as you'd expect, really. Um, then we brought on some changes after Jasper van der Werf. Absolutely brilliant block. I don't know how I just nearly missed saying it. But the ball came in. It was um, on the floor, crossed in. It went past Hunemeyer, went past um, Peruga. Jasper van der Werf had to get there or there would have been a tap-in and van der Werf got there and smashed it away. Um, then the changes came. Prince of Uzu and Marcel Correa came on. Van der Werf, who made that block a minute earlier, was off as well as Felix Platter. Um, and that kind of chilled the game down a bit. Uzu was causing a little bit of problems in, the, in, in his pressing and strength. Uh, we had a little bit more of an out ball um, because Avuzu is very good at holding the ball up. I mean, Platter's probably the best in the team, but is probably second best at, at holding the ball up and using his strength to his advantage. And that was a very good, um, very good help and very good reassurance more than more than anything for us. And it kind of, you know, calmed it down a little bit again after we were uh, under a little bit of pressure. Um, from an Ingolstadt team that kind of just threw every, threw everything at it in the final uh, minutes because you know they're bottom of the league they need every point they can get you know they're just going to throw everything at it and um, yeah uh, 
Quasniok made another nice kind of tactical change that isn't the most um, weird change in the world. Even I knew what he was trying to do, which means it wasn't very advanced tactically. Um, but he brought off Kai Peruga, who was ending ending up at the right-back position a lot, which isn't really his strength. Um, and Ingolstadt were finding so much space um, on that sort of left side for them, and right side for us. Um, and yeah, Peruga had put in a good shift, to be fair, and um, Yanis Hoyer came on. Um, and Hoyer nearly, arguably, could have given away a penalty on the last minute. Um, it was a tug on the shirt, and really, the referee could have... It could have been 50-50, but if the referee did blow the whistle, I wouldn't have seen any way that that would have been overturned. But it wasn't enough to um, give a penalty. It wasn't a clear and obvious thing, you know what I mean? It wasn't like absolutely stonewall penalty. It was a little bit of a tug, but it wasn't... Um, Basically, if the referee would have given it, I don't think it would have been um, overturned. But if the, but the referee didn't give it, so it wouldn't have been overturned by VAR to give a penalty. Um, because there wasn't enough in it, um, but the referee could have definitely given it. And I think another referee on another day would have given that. And we would have been going home with a point. But we didn't. <laughs> and Shuster, I did write some stuff down again, uh, about him because I was not happy with his performance in the first half at all. It takes a lot for me not to be happy with the player's performance because I understand this new system. I understand Shuster's role that he's having to fill in basically in so many positions and run at the same time a lot. I mean, I'm not sure if he was top of the running stats again, but um, he definitely was everywhere in the second half compared to the first half. And he got everywhere. He absolutely got everywhere. And I'll just try and find it. Was he top of the running stats? It might have been Schallenberg, like usual. Yeah, it was Schuster. Schuster ran 12.8 kilometres. Um, second best, Ron Schallenberg with 11.7. So he absolutely outran the rest of the team. And um, yeah, I've got to say, because this little bit of a segment that Schuster did was absolutely excellent. So the... There was a clearance, Paderborn were on the, on the attack, um, but the ball was cleared and wasn't a good clearance at all. It was like kind of hoof it up in the air and hope for the best sort of clearance from Ingolstadt. But Schuster um, kept going for it, um, pressed into the ball and won a corner out of nothing because it hit the shoulder of one of the Ingolstadt players because they were under, under pressure and they kind of like didn't have the body in the right shape. Um to receive the ball. So yeah, Schuster, that was a brilliant um, little bit of segment from him and definitely a second half uh, improvement for sure from Marco Schuster. And then Sven Michel. Sven Michel tried a chip from the halfway line. This is a man that has probably never tried that in his life. I mean, someone will correct me, I'm sure, but I've never seen Sven Michel chip the ball from the halfway line when the keeper's out of his net. Um, but it was very interesting and very entertaining as well. Um, it was saved, but it wasn't actually too far away from Sven. Um, for sure, it was um, a good attempt. And it wasn't an embarrassing attempt where he's giving the ball away cheaply. It was actually a pretty good attempt, and it pushed Ingolstadt back. So, yeah. And then five minutes added on. Oh, sorry, it was four minutes added on. And we really defended all right, I think. We could have won it at the end. Oh, sorry, we could have sealed it at the end. Um, Sabeni's shot from the Sven pass in the box was just clipped wide. Um, but other than that, Ingolstadt didn't really 
um, could pose much problems in the in the final last few minutes. I did tweet out that it would have been a struggle for Paderborn. This is really to show us defensively, are we good enough to finish games off like, like that? And the answer I got was yes. And because we were very solid, even when we brought on Correa, who was a liability last season, we were still defensively very solid. So yeah, Paderborn take all three points against an English stat team. Like I said in the... Um, the start of the podcast, I said, yeah, you know, it was a must win, let's be honest. They aren't good, but they're definitely going to surprise some teams with their play style. And they're going to get a bit of luck in some games, for example, because if Hoot didn't save the penalty at the start of the second half, I could be speaking here in a very depressed voice and a voice that I wouldn't want to be in because it's a Saturday and Paderborn win and they are on 24 points out of 13 matches. Some general thoughts then for the end-ish segment of the podcast. First win in five home games, very good. Hopefully the start of a new um, streak of wins, especially with some of the teams we've got coming up at the Bentley Arena. It's going to be interesting um, to see how we um, do in the next few games. As I've said in many, many podcasts, this is definitely the run that we should be getting majority of wins from. We definitely did make it tougher than we should have today, today though. Um, there was a lot of chances that we missed and squandered in the first half that were, you know, we might have made the right decision in, the, in another game. But, you know, I'm, I'm sat here complaining about a team that's just 1-2-1 one, one from, you know, sometimes the games against the bottom are the toughest. You know, if they make it frustrating for you and they, um, you know, they're, they're playing for every point they can get, right? And a, and a loss today would have been really annoying, but would still be very, very much in a good position, especially with some of the results this weekend. Nuremberg losing, uh, Regensburg losing, um, stuff like that. So, you know, we would still be in a very good position, but, you know, the, the these teams against the bottom are always going to be annoying teams to play against because they always make it tough, difficult, and... Not pleasant, you know. They were making us sort of play their game um, with all the long balls, and it was a lot of aerial duels, stuff like that, um, in in the game. So it wasn't, uh, you know, the most fun uh, match ever. Um, in the Saita Liga it wasn't one that you'd be watching again. I'm not going to be watching it again. I'll, I'll tell you that one for now. Um, but yeah, there was 41 aerial duels in the match. Paderborn actually won the aerial duels by 21 to 20 um so yeah it was very equal in that sort of area defense very solid i put and it you know if you take a if you concede a goal from outside the box every match are you going to be that angry yes because you conceded but it's not you know like it's not it's less probability shot it's xg it's less chance of scoring from that area compared to in the box right and also sven michel as of recording as of the time i'm recording he is the top scorer in the Spider Liga, overtaking the king of the Spider Liga, Simon Tavorda. 12 goals for Sven in, wow, 12 goals in, in 12 games, sorry, 13 games. Just incredible. Um, I mean, imagine he keeps that up, you know, you we're looking at 33 goals in 34 games. Um, I'm not sure he will keep that up, but who knows anymore with this uh, with this man. That's a good segue into three stars. The, my first star is Sven Michel. One goal, three dribbles succeeded out four. 68 touches, 
81% of his passes accurate, which is something that you wouldn't get from many strikers. Four key passes as well, you wouldn't get that from many strikers. However, his crosses weren't that good, something he'll, um, he'll definitely know about. One out of eight was successful. My second star, Ulyan Yusufan. Very solid game again from Yusufan. Um, does all the good work defensively and off- offensively, as I'll show you. 66 touches, 91% passes were accurate. Five key passes. All five of his long balls were accurate. Five out of eight dribbles were successful. And as I was talking about his defensive side, he won a seven out of 11 duels on the ground. That's not bad. My final star is who else but Yannick Hoot. Three saves, obviously saved the penalty. Two saves from inside the box and 16 out of his 24 long balls were accurate. So that'll do it. Edson Paderborn finally get the win in the Bensola Arena before the international break as well. So yeah, thank you for listening to the Edson Paderborn Nuzibun English Reaction Podcast. And we might record a season so far podcast with a couple of guests in the international break. I'm not making promises though, but we will see. Have a good international break and we'll be back for the preview podcast as we'll be previewing the next two games, Hanover and Hansa Rostock. Goodbye.